Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And this is the show for January 3rd. 2022 or doing 2023. Screwing up your checks already. Yeah, my screwing checks, up your my checks. checks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, the funny thing is over the years, I've not done that uh, at all with my checks. I, would, I don't write that many checks. I, would, so, I was going to say, I venture to say that over the years, you're writing less and less checks. Yeah. But it used to well, take this, me at least till June to get it straight. Well, I don't. Yeah. I'll have it next show for sure. Yeah. Well, it was a, a wonderful, um, uh, New Year for most of us. Now, you remember something? We talk about this a lot, that John doesn't celebrate Christmas till January. He actually doesn't celebrate New Year's until until uh, July. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how was your New Year? Was Chinese it? New Year's works. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, some of the cold weather in the south of Florida is gone finally. That was pretty obnoxious for a couple of weeks there, but... Hopefully everything is good with your family and uh, we have some fun things to talk about today. Well, this is a second of our best of shows and uh, this will be our last one. And we're going to start this particular show with the, because our editor, the guy who put it together, Ryan Radisky, Ryan Radisky, Ryan decided that because there was often on the show, we do goofy things or say stupid things or, or come up with craziness uh, we have a whole selection of it. It's called Color Commentary. Let's listen to it. All right, here we go. Did you, uh, were you, uh, are you into making truffle butter? Why do you ask that? That's funny. I, I, I had a dream about you arguing with somebody making truffle butter. I did make truffle butter recently. Yes, I oh, did. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If that wasn't a dream, somebody butt dialed me. Oh, is that what happened? Uh, you know, now that you mentioned, I think I do remember that evening. I was cooking on the barbecue, and I said, "Let's do the put the truffle butter on it, right?" I, it was something like that. Because I somebody... looked down and I saw I saw Dvorak. I'm like, "Oh, why is he calling me? I don't know what's happening. Let me just move on." So, oh, yeah. you channel, you did see the I did see it. Yeah, I, I no. did see it. Now that you mention it, yeah, I was making truffle butter. Yeah, I mean, you were with some other guy arguing about how to make it correctly or something like yeah. that. It was like, and I couldn't hear I couldn't hear the voices distinctly, so I said to myself, "Let me think of all the people I know, right? Who the hell would have me on their phone and that would have be making truffle butter?" <laughs> and I just didn't take long. Yeah. I don't like the whole. I got to feel happy when I go into a Starbucks. You know what I mean? Just give me the goddamn coffee. Don't ask my name. You know what? They asked me my name to put on the cup in Starbucks. You know what I tell them? My name's Duncan. That's what I tell them. I don't like all the happy baristas. Why do you say Duncan? Is there a joke in there? Like Duncan, Duncan Donuts? Duncan. Okay, Duncan. It's not a funny joke, but at least it's, you know, it's a, it's a jab. A buddy of mine says the other day, he says, you know, I really like that pickleball game. I'm like, yeah, it's a good game. He says, yeah, you know what? I'm not so good at tennis. It's, it's easy. I said, because that's the point. It's like for old people. I mean, young people could play it too, but it's for old people. that you, you, you don't. It's kind of badminton and tennis and ping pong all combined. Have you played? <laughs> what? 
Pickleball. No, I've never played pickleball. I'm not even sure what it is. Pickleball. Some East Coast thing. Pickleball is played on a shorter, smaller tennis court. Very similar in design with the boxes and things. A few things different. There's something called a, a kitchen. The net is a little bit lower. You play with a wiffle ball and a small, uh, mm, oversized paddle ball racket. You probably know what that is. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun game. I'd rather play badminton. Uh, I, that game, no, I always feel like I'm going to smack myself, you know, like I'm going to hit it really hard and hit somebody. I don't know what, why. Badminton? I don't know why. I'm just telling you. I guess it's, The thing never has any velocity. You matter how, how hard you hit it, it just slows down. You've seen the people in the, in the Olympics play it. They can get that thing going. Yeah. But that's about as fast as it's going to go. The birdie. I mean, do you play ping pong like an Olympics champ? I'm a Forrest Gump of ping pong. Yes. You play with a flat paddle and you put nothing but you're back 30 yards and you're banging the thing at high velocities. And, and I stamp so my curves. foot when I serve. No, okay. I, I don't. Although I will tell you that one of my, one of my daughter's boyfriends once came to the house that we had, we had a lake house and had a ping pong table. And all of a sudden he comes and, and, and he's like, okay, we're going to play. I'm like, okay. And, and he come, I said, what is that? And he had all, he had like a kit. He had his, his to-go ping-pong paddle kit. Brother. It's like the guy that comes over and plays pool, and all of a sudden he takes the two-piece out and starts screwing it together. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. They're like, yeah. oh, what's what's happening here? That's not good. <laughs> you were doing what? What? I was in an 80s party. Didn't I send you a didn't I send you a screen a shot of uh, my costume? I didn't see it. The one is Freddie Mercury. I, oh, I, yeah. Well, I came, there you go. I came in second in the costume contest. Who came in first? Uh, the guy that was incoming Commodore, who I saw tonight, actually said, hey, by the way, I know I won, but it's only because I'm incoming Commodore. You won, obviously. I'm like, okay. Sounds good. Usually it's a woman in a cat suit that wins these things. Yeah, there was a woman that won also. There was in a wedding dress. In, in I, Well, there was a man. There was a female, male, female. A uh, cup or uh, male female. There's like four different, four different winners. Anyway, Biden is going to be taxing the rich. We got to talk about that. Yeah, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I celebrated with a good friend. We'll talk about that in a second at the club. Oh, the club. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because I have a bone to pick with somebody here. Not me. Oh, I have a bone to pick. A <laughs> bone. Yeah, I gotta pick. tell you the story. You heard part of the story in between your yacht, your yak burger discussion, and the whole onslaught of Adams, Aruba, non Aruba, going, not going, flight, vacation, work thing that he did. Right? Yeah, he ended up uh, going to a Bitcoin conference. Yeah, I was, I was there I the night before. Was, I was there. The day I was, I was. I believe that was his intent to begin with. Oh, interesting. There's a big industry around Bitcoin. And, um, you know, people have made fortunes out of Bitcoin. Can I ask you a question about crypto as a hedge? Yeah. I, I understand gold as a hedge. Yeah. You've got a piece of gold. So you have, and the idea is, this idea is silly, but people, you know, are freaky and they believe that the whole world's going to come to an end any minute. 
And so the world comes to an end and the, you can't get power. You can't get water. You're living in a cave, mm -hmm. but you got your pieces of gold that you can use to trade for somebody else's pieces of corn. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get that guy, my little piece of gold. Here's your guy. You take some gold and give me a couple of corn cobs. How do you get your crypto to work in this manner? There's no power. There's no computers that we're at the end of days. I mean, I think there's different kinds of hedges. I agree with you in that scenario, which is a doomsday scenario. Yeah, that's, that's the bunker. What that, wasn't it somewhat part of the system, but part of the reason the crypto was so good. It was, you know, when the monetary system collapses. I guess you got to use some kind of a crypto transfer device that is charged through electricity through a crank. <laughs> you know, like you have those radios and those flashlights in the doomsday oh, yeah, scenario. The crank, you're cranking away like a maniac. Yeah. yeah. It, it's too difficult. If, if someone was to pin me against a wall and say, all right, listen, you bought the crypto, explain why. I could go through a whole discussion, but in the back of my mind, the whole time would be, Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You know, these people that are, I had lunch with somebody, a major crypto guy last week, and we are talking about the Bitcoin is the only true currency that has ever been un incorruptible and unbreakable. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, okay, wait till they ban it. Then it's uh, all bets off. I'm not really thrilled about it. I, I, when, I, when I bought it personally, I said, under no circumstance, I can sell it. If it goes to zero, it goes to zero. Terrible yeah, investment. Yeah, that's the way to go. Terrible investment idea, a thesis, but that's what it is. So over the weekend, uh, kind of a funny story. I was uh, with some friends. We took their boat. We went to the Abacos. About, uh, first stop is about 150 miles uh, east, northeast of Fort Lauderdale. And... We took us about six hours just cruising over there, stopped off in a place called Spanish K. Then went to a couple other places like No Name K and went to Green Turtle K, various places. And then on, um, on Saturday, we stopped at a place called Guana K, which is a small little island, like nothing there, remote little island. Guana? Guana. Not like, like Guana. For, like, like bird poop and bat poop guana? I think that's guano. Okay. This is Guana. But yeah, I think Continue. it's close. So uh, they say there's a DJ. DJ uh, um, Diesel is going to be playing. I'm like, hmm, who's that? It's a small place. It's a little bar, but it gets crowded with the beachgoers. You know, like all the boats from around the area, even if they're 20 minutes, 30 minutes away, everybody shoves over to this place called Nippers. Got to say hello to my friends Johnny and Janice over there. And Nippers on the beach. And uh, it turns out, it's the, listen to this, it's the CEO, I'm not kidding here, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon, was the guest DJ that afternoon. Did he have his hat on sideways? No, but he did have a hat on. Was he in the house? Was he signing? Oh, oh no, he was, he was doing a little bit of white person kind of dancing, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> went to the music, and he had a hat on, he had pink shorts and a uh, I would say a uh, denim-looking kind of just shirt. Pink shorts, you say? Pink shorts, I do say. Hmm. A lot of pink shorts at this place. Uh, a lot of the people come from a place called Baker's Bay, which is very affluent. Like, he probably has a house, I think he has a house a couple doors down from Jamie Dimon. 
and all so the you, other guys. Oh, they're all in that area. Yeah, they have a, They're on an island. It's like a ridiculous amount to even get membership to the island. You can't step on the island if you don't have membership. And How'd you get on? I didn't get on that island. I oh. didn't get on that island. You didn't get on the island. That That's island how you got didn't on. on. You didn't no. get on. I was on a different island. So no. you mean this guy's not making enough money as a DJ on the weekends? He's a big DJer, or he loves it. He, he's all over the place. He's do he does he does various concerts and stuff around. I mean, when they, when there's something, he gets in there. Yo yo yo. Yeah, he's yeah. You mind? He was in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Nice guy. I pulled him over. I said hello. Tried to get him on the podcast. He gave me his email address. Yeah, you'll never get him on. That's true. But I can pretend. And uh, he, uh, he he was very nice. Took a nice picture with him. I sent to you. Yeah, I saw the picture. I was kind of surprised by the whole thing. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. A lot of, a lot of fun. Um, he, he spun for about, I would say about three hours. And uh, then just hung out, came in, hung out with some of the people. We were in a little perch on the top and he was hanging out with us. So very nice fellow. Mm. Very nice fellow. But it is interesting. I see you have Goldman of all places. I mean, you know, he he makes a move, points left to right. You could you could shatter a country. Chipotle moves higher big time, even on not such great earnings, but a discussion about the potential for more price hikes on their menu. Everybody says they could charge twenty five dollars for the burrito. Now, you, this is the interesting dilemma that we, we're looking at, and it's it's worth stopping for a second and talking about it. With everybody tightening their belts and a, and a possible inflation, even if we don't go into one, it's close enough. You, this is not the time you hike the prices, and I think this was reflecting what happened to Netflix and losing all their subscribers. They're going to lose customers doing this. Yeah, and the point. fact that people that the market is jacked up about and think it's a good idea. Do these guys have any clue? That's not a good idea. I mean, there is a certain pain point. I this evening ordered for a friend who has some surgery, went over the house before the podcast and went and got a large pizza with uh, meat on it, a salad and 20 wings. Please tell me what you think I paid for that. 40 bucks. 75 Wow. I'm telling you. I, my wife I says 40. I was guessing high when I said 40. My wife sent me the bill. I'm like, what is, what I don't understand. What is that for? I, I don't, I don't see it. Said the salad was like $15. I'm like, oh, just for lettuce? Salad from a pizza parlor, 15 bucks. Yep. That's a joke. Yep. $30 for the wings, $30 for 20 wings, and like $20 for the uh, pizza. Which was ridiculous, and then there was twenty wings. Maybe there was five dollars delivery cost in there. It's terrible. The whole thing is a chip. Oh, I'm never ordering for them again. I love their stuff there. I'm not doing it again. What place was this? It was um, Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza. Oh, they have a coal fire thing. Yeah, we all think the it was should a be mistake. Decent. They 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 only cook in the coal fire oven. Everything in the whole place. Very cool. Yeah, Very yeah. Cool. It's good though. It's good pizza. It's 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 burnt. Yeah, that's what that's what the coal fire fire pizza is very burnt usually. Yeah. It only takes about ninety seconds to cook the whole damn thing. It they was, throw it in that eight hundred degrees, eight fifty sometimes. Mm -hmm. Pop, just done. Yeah. I I have followed this since the eighteen hundreds in so far as these depression cycles. Mm -hmm. And the one thing, the only one common thread comes out of it. Every one of them is caused by a different unexplainable reason. Mm -hmm. And from that 
unexplainable reason emerges a, a, a new superstar economist who figured it out or a, or a group of economic thinkers who figured it out, but they always figured it out after the fact in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Thank you. And the seventies, so that's when, that's where Milton Friedman came out of mm-hmm. the seventies stagflation was unexpected, unexplained. Nobody knew how it even worked. And it was Milton Friedman who came out of that morass and explained it. And then and everyone said, oh, okay, we'll just do what you say. And of course now he's dead. So he is no use, but uh, nice. he, there'll be some new guy coming out uh, yeah. of this situation, but who knows who it is. The problem is that you have, uh, by the way, by the way, I've always been expecting the quants to pop out of nowhere and explain everything, but they fail to do anything like that. Always, always. I always tell the guys at the temple, I'm like, hey, you want to have Sokoka? Come to my house. And you eat outside and you do a couple little shakes of this little lemon thing and you take a little leaf, you go left, you go right. And you, and as usual, the very religious, well, we drink. I'm not, I'm not religious, very religious, religious but they, they drink. They, they the religious take, drink and you don't drink? Yeah, the schnapps. The sh- I mean, I drink, but they, they really can schnapps. pour on. <laughs> there was a joke was, uh, you know, on Saturday night, you know, Friday, Saturday is the Orthodox, the uh, very religious Jews. They don't, um, they don't drive. They don't watch TV. They don't. Uh, turn on electrical. They don't do any of that stuff, right? So, guy comes over and uh, has uh, the the Friday night uh, with the, the the religious family, and they're drinking and they're drinking and they're drinking and they're schnapps and schnapps and schnapps. And uh, the guy says, "Now, now it makes sense to me why you don't drive on Shabbat." They're all they're, they're plastered. all plastered, plastered up. So, I do believe is. Uh, I think a reasonable thing to say if I'm utilizing the do and the don't. Yeah. Nobody does that. You just, this is like a, this is what I call an artificial construct, which which you're dreaming up here. The point is, is that uh, I don't care. And I care is really the the, the basis for this. Say that again, please. It's not, I do care. Yeah. I care. As opposed to I don't care. So you're saying the positive doesn't need a modifier. Not at all. Okay. And the question I ask, and I'll ask it to you, is what is the difference between I believe this to be true and I do believe this to be true? What's the difference? Uh, somehow I feel, I'm just, you're asking me a question, I'm telling you the answer. Now I like the way I like that you feel, go on. Somehow I feel, I somehow I do believe that it provides a much, it's an emphasis word, it's an emphasizer. How's that? So, so the word believe... Yes. I believe. Yes. Needs emphasis? No, but I'm saying it can be, and that's what the do in front does. Then why don't you go or with, did, I really I do believe. I really do believe. See, it makes it sound like you don't believe at all when you say, I really do believe. You know, the more I listen to myself, the more I realize how much of a lunatic I am. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd rather he not put that segment together, but okay, there it is. At least we show some, uh, some hu- hu- we, sh- we show our humanity. Yeah, and humility. Uh, but yes, uh, some strange things we talk about. But listen, we let it all hang out. That's why it's real. That's why it's people listen. It's, 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 it's unscripted and it's uh, two guys, just two chums, just chatting. So one of the big topics last year was, well, last few years, but it really... The shit hit the fan last year with cryptocurrency. So we had all these celebrities and political 
likes. We had this blow up of Celsius and the theft, yeah. the lies, the FTX crash and burns. Pretty, pretty. Uh, it's still going on. It's not going to end very soon, is it? No. But we did put together a whole piece here again on this uh, that we talked about. Little, little nips and bits. So let's listen to Mr. Uh, Mr. Dvorak and Horowitz talk about crypto. Bitcoin nice. So sharply over the weekend. Big, big, big. So everybody's talking about buying the freaking dip. You know, it's the new thing, of course. That's old. But there's some history on the Bitcoin. It's um, back in 2011 in January. Three people each bought four Bitcoin at a rate of 100 trillion Zimbabwe dollars. I have one of those. One of those bills. I have five of them. Yeah, they're worth, they're worth a couple bucks. Nothing major. Oh, they're just, you know, more collector conversation pieces. Yeah. The Solana coin had big problems this weekend, causing major problems for people that use it. And that price dropped like crazy, too. More than a trillion dollars of total value was evaporated over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that number. And just to be clear, this idea that crypto creates a correlation, a negative correlation, or is uncorrelated to your investment portfolio... <laughs> the idea that crypto is in good for inflation protection. <laughs> Please. These guys go on. I saw a couple of them, which I'll leave them nameless on TV this morning. And I'm watching these guys. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? The whole thing that they, they hang their hook on is that the more people that adopt and the less coins are out there, the more the price goes up. Ponzi scheme, multi-level marketing, some other kind of the idea of, of, of a newfangled new age way of talking about share buybacks as a way of just hiking your price up. Unbelievable that that's what they're hanging their hats on. You know, they talk about the three potential pillars of coins. One, it's a store of value. Two, it is a currency. Three, it's an investment. In my book, it's only one. I, I can't latch on to any of the others. It's an investment that if you want to invest in it, great. But the other stuff, store of value, seems to be easily hacked. Currency, very difficult to transact, costly, bad for the environment. And on top of it, if that's not a big deal, we just throw all that out. The fact of the matter is that it has too much volatility to be a currency. Well, if it was what it's supposed to be when this market, you know, went into a correction mode, it should have gone up, not down. I agree. Well, now this is good news. Last coin uh, story I want to talk about is a gent named uh, Odell Beckham Jr. You know that guy, right? Oh, yeah. So I found some problem with this, and I had to do some research on this because uh, it seems that he took all, decided to take all of his salary last year in November, converted to Bitcoin. Now, what I was fascinated about was, number one, that his salary was $750,000, which seems a little light for an NFL player. Well, especially if his caliber, but he bounced around a few times. I think he was picked up or something. He's got, I think he, still, so I did check this money. out. Yeah, that's the number. It's right. 750. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's abnormal. But he's got another like 3 million of incentive programs if he does this or that or this. So he is, but here's what happened. He bought this on November 12th. He did the conversion. Price is down 45% since then. After federal taxes, state taxes, and the loss it's now with 35 grand. Jeez. Think Let's about talk it. Talk about throw, throwing money away. Yeah. 
He took a hit of 50%, so 750 went to 350. Probably had to pay 40% tax on it, right? To begin yeah, with. Absolutely. So yeah. there you go. Really, it's, it, it's, like, it's best to think of money as an information system, uh, primarily an information system for labor allocation. There's a newly formed Assange DAO, which is this, essentially it's a group of marauders with money that can do stuff. That's essentially what it is. They're, they, they, they raised $4 million in effort to free WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. So I wonder, is this going to be the new wave of politics, just all these DAOs coming together? And um, creating this massive amount of, of, of money to push and pull on the fabric of a country? Why not? Yeah, because the, it works. You, you do that, and then these DAOs, who knows who's actually a member? And if you have, uh, for example, a, a, a in campaign contributions, if you're not allowed to take certain amount of campaign or or any contributions from certain people, like maybe foreigners in certain countries. Soros. So maybe you could do it in a very masked way. Dad, there's plenty of that going on. You can be sure. We have elected to put our money and faith in a mathematical framework that is free of politics and human error. Interestingly enough, the U.S. Treasury has reassured six concerned senators that it won't consider miners, stakers, or coders to be brokers, because obviously they have investments in there. And yes, exactly. This is really fascinating. I think you're going to really find this next one. This is really interesting. Crypto exchange, uh, a company called Binance. Binance, is, yeah. Is making, this isn't right, it can't be $200 billion investment in publisher no, Forbes. No, no, that can't be possible. $200 million investment in publisher Ooh. Forbes. I, I got to, we got to look at that. That's a little odd. That whole thing is really odd. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Something's not right with that whole thing. Uh, Bitcoin is, is better than currency. This whole DAO thing. And if many of the politicians that are running are smart enough to figure out how to take cryptocurrencies these players are going to try to sway just like everybody hates what Soros did, right, with all his big bucks or the, the various packs, what they do with their big bucks, how bad those people are. This is the same thing. This is one giant pack is all it is. That's the way yeah, I see it. That's a very interesting idea. Oh, they're going to totally raise money to sway. If you have a person that is going... How it's one thing to see the TV ad or see the guy with the button or go to a $25,000 dinner or give $10 to your political campaign. You have a upswell of Reddit slash Wall Street bet types that have these coins that decide they want to make a statement for the fun of it. And they elect, for example, like they did in Ukraine, a comedian, or they elect someone who is like a Mark Cuban. They just put all this money behind him because he is friendly to cryptos. Yeah. Well, that's something that you and I should talk about. We can set one of these up. And, and, and we just to do something. We could be a gangster. That's what these are. We, these are gangs, in my opinion, yeah. at least. Yeah. As I see it. I think, yeah. You know? The computer can be used as a tool to liberate and protect people rather than to control them. 
We also have coins being eviscerated and disemboweled. Another project, Celsius, is just gone, biting the dust. Halting, yeah, a bunch of those. halting. So th- th- this is just a real problem, and this is what is causing more angst because now Coinbase is, I mean, Coinbase was, I don't know, 375 or maybe close to 400 at its high. It's like 90% lower or 85% lower. Coinbase is having big problems. They're the, the number one in the industry. Well, Binance is the number one. They had a glitch yesterday, and they were holding off on withdrawals too. And the big question is, wait a second, what happens if these companies go out to go out of business? And there isn't really no SIPC. There's no government backing. Do I lose my Bitcoin? Yeah, we'll cash it in one of these still days. Holding, still holding. We have another crypto crash, hard crash over the weekend. Hard crash. Talking about 22,000 and, and right at 21,000 and change on Bitcoin. Close to 1,075 on Ethereum, down 30% over the weekend, 20% over the weekend. Celsius, Bitcoin slumped 40% on Monday. Then all of a sudden, Celsius had a problem because they're doing, hey, go to their website, you'll see this. Hey, you know what? Put your Bitcoin with us and we'll pay you like 15% just for, just for depositing it with them. And, and suckers get drawn into this. And while the Celsius network may not have been a Ponzi scheme or any kind of other fraudulent situation, it was really a heavily levered situation that were lending out your Bitcoin and doing all this kinds of leveraging on it. And uh, when Bitcoin came down, which, you know, nobody thought that would happen, right? Well, it just got crazy. And now, because of extreme conditions, Celsius is frozen withdrawals and transfers of any of the money that's on their network. How pissed off would you be if you just left your money there because they say you're going to give you money? They're like, you know, that hundred grand worth of Bitcoin that was there, yeah, it's down a little bit. Okay, fine, but yeah, you can't have it. Yeah, I know. This is a problem with these things. So... Uh, once again, uh, the machine algos quants are where the problem is. Binance Alt, the number one, also suspended um, withdrawals for a time being on Monday. I think there was something they called a logjam, but it's too close to what happened with uh, Celsius over the weekend on top of this other stablecoin, Crapola. So very bad. Back to rule number one, which is never tell people they can't have their money. In general, I'm a supporter of, of Bitcoin. Um, and uh, the idea of cryptocurrency in general. This is pretty severe. The chart doesn't really depict it as it doesn't look that bad. It's bad. And some people came to the rescue. There was a couple of crypto billionaires that came to the rescue and started lending. What's the solution to a bad lending problem? More money being lent. (laughs) Right? Yeah. We've seen this before. The big issue has been, of course, the concern over the halting of withdrawals from a company called Celsius. They yeah, had, Celsius has triggered this whole thing. That, that was a big one. There's a few others too, but that was a big one because people are saying, wait, if, if Celsius could put a halt on my crypto, and while I know that uh, Celsius was doing some lending and all that, but most people didn't really know what they did. They just went, oh, yeah, I put my money, my, my, my coins over at, at, at Celsius and they paid me 15%. Yeah. It's easy. So what happened was that this collapse is is a problem. And again, some people are trying to come to the rescue of this. Uh, Celsius said over the weekend, after all this went to crap, 
you know what? We're working on a way to reopen. But once you get that underwater and that upside down with the amount of debt that they have, very difficult to pop out of it. Unless you have a miracle. There's a big industry around Bitcoin. And, um, you know, people have made fortunes out of Bitcoin. Crypto is still getting no love. Uh, we have more lending firms over the weekend are halting withdrawals. This is a, a, a situation where they're calling it a a glitch with the systems that created, like the with with the with the projects. They didn't really create them well, which is total crap, because all they did was lend and lend and lend more money on top of that, and that basically just ran out of steam as soon as Bitcoin and these various other coins just collapsed. Isn't that the, we've seen, how many times have we seen this? Well, you tend to see it a lot if you follow things long enough. You're going to have people just are feeling real good and uh, they're, they're uh, simply, uh, I don't know. Just get they're giddy. Giddy. They're giddy. They're giddy. There we go. They're giddy. Ah, we got more money. Let's go. Whenever the price of cryptocurrency is rallying, people start spending a lot more. Uh, crypto hack attack. So here's some interesting uh, history and uh, culmination of information about what's going on in the crypto market and why there's maybe some skittishness right now. Thieves stole an estimated $190 million from U.S. crypto firm Nomad last week. $190 million. It was the Money. seventh hack of 2022 to target an increasingly important what they call cog in the crypto machine, blockchain bridges, which is basically strings of code that help move crypto coins between different applications. The whole point of utilization of crypto. So, so far this year's this year, hackers have stolen more than $1.2 billion from bridges. Huh. Here's my idea. And you, uh, all you people that are building these things, maybe you should just listen for a moment. Maybe stop getting high and trying to think of these great ideas without any solid code proof and hack proof before you build it. Maybe what you should do is build from the top down, or that what you're doing is building from the top down versus the bottom up. You follow what I'm saying, John? Yeah, in other words, know what you're doing. You know, and what you should do is, by the way, hire some hackers, more hackers to work with you to hack proof it. It's pathetic that $1.2 billion have been basically just stolen. Yeah, from that's shoddy, a lot of money. shoddy workmanship. We have elected to put our money and faith in a mathematical framework that is free of politics and human error. What I find fascinating about the crypto experience that we're seeing right now is that there was a great idea that was created for this decentralized finance that was semi-private in the beginning, right? It was supposed to be private and it was untraceable and it was free from the shackles of government taking away and, 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 and um, really uh, having financial freedom. That, that was the whole thing, right? Wasn't it? It was one of the sales pitches, yes. Yeah. And, and it was just always up and it was always available. It was going to create... Uh, 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 this 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 frictionless society of payments and all this, and it got totally bastardized. And when people started doing all these 
very funky math algos on it and creating these products on products and products and products and leveraging them and then doing things like issuing these extra coins that were worthless and using them for, for basically collateral on deals. Things got crazy. And what happened was we saw these, these alt coins or these stable coins in that same genre that were paying, you know, eight, 10, 15%, but there were nothing more than just these, not even paper promises, these, these hollow promises that were built and leveraged and re-leveraged and re-leveraged, very similar to what happened in the housing crisis back of the day. And lo and behold, these various ones, the Celsius and, 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 and uh, others that went under, they were absorbed by a gentleman named Sam Bankman Freed, or as we call him, Sam Bankman Fried right now, because he came in with all his money out of nowhere and basically became the second largest overall uh, exchange next to Binance, uh, enormous international exposure. And over the last few days, what happened was they created this unit, well, over time, not, not let me just go backwards. They, they created this unit, these special uh, tokens that were available, they sold a piece to Binance, and then there was something that went on, and who knows what the real story is. Bottom line is Binance, the CEO, said, hey, you know what? We're going to be selling this coin. This coin started nosediving. That's all the coin that financed uh, FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried, the guy that was rescuing everybody, now goes into full-on panic mode, comes with the old, we're very solvent, everything is fine, don't worry about it, two days ago or yesterday, whenever it was, and now... Today has to go crawling to Binance to have them uh, buy their international division because of liquidity problems. This is the guy that was called the JP Morgan of the day. Guy has a 94%, hundreds of billions of dollars he was worth, or, or, or maybe even hundreds, uh, tens of billions of dollars he was worth. He was worth a lot of money, this guy. 94% of wealth wipeout in like days, days. Well, this company is from Bahamas uh -huh. and Antigua and Barbuda uh, headquartered in the Bahamas. Why? How is this not a red flag for investors? Well, they, they had their offshore part that had to be outside the United States. So you have to go somewhere. Well, I can assure you that if a company is headquartered in Barbuda, that's a, probably the last company I would be putting any money in. Just, just saying. I would. Antigua also was a big one. That was a, a yeah, home Antigua, of many same thing. But I just like to say bar, Barbuda because it's funnier. <laughs> well, what happened was this really started to send a ripple out into the rest of the crypto markets, and it just fell off a cliff. The Nasdaq and the stock exchange followed too because there was some real concern today, in particular, when this started rolling over hard. I mean, it rolled hard midday, and things were getting just absolutely crushed. So now this liquidity scare is, you know, if you have the largest guy with supposedly tremendous liquidity that has excess capital to buy up all these other guys that are failing, failing themselves, not so good. He has, this is an interesting little tidbit, uh, in July 2021, which is in within recent memory, the company FTX raised 900 million at an 18 
billion dollar valuation from over 60 investors, including SoftBank and Sequoia Capital. Ah, the names, the usual suspects. So you, you, you crushed, Robinhood got crushed today. Coinbase got crushed today in the stock market. MicroStrategy was down like 20 something percent. Tesla, of mm. course. I think they, Tesla got rid of all his Bitcoin, I believe. I think so too. But this is a this is a bad situation because I don't know if it's I don't I don't know if the the relevancy and the the, the numbers could take down the financial systems or at least cause but it shouldn't it should if that ha- if that happens that's crazy but it's not good when you have all these people that own Bitcoin for a while that were doing really well that were just out making a lot of money and then spending it that probably is going to be a problem right. Well, insofar as it'll, that cash flow pipe will be shut off. And so that's going to change a lot of numbers here and there, which will have a negative effect. Well, that's about all we ever need to know about crypto, <laughs> at least for for, for this show. Uh, meanwhile, the one other big event that took place throughout the year 2022 was this Russian, well, whatever you want to call it, military ops, Russian war, Ukraine war. People have different names for it. But uh, we've followed it en- enough because it does affect the markets and it might affect the markets even more if it doesn't end tomorrow. What was interesting, I think, was towards the end, as, as it started, remember how oil shot up in price and there was going to be the cold winter in Europe and it was going to be, you know, people are going to be dying and this place doesn't have any gas and natural gas and LNG and this goes on and on, right? And somehow that all fell apart and all of a sudden oil was in good place. But anyway, there was a lot going on. A lot going on. Well, we have some summaries here for people. Yep, let's get it. Quote, this is an extremely dangerous situation. We are now at stage, at a stage with Russia where they could, we are now at a stage where Russia could at any point launch an attack in Ukraine. And she said it's Putin's choice whether to suffer economic consequences. Why are we, what are we, why do we have to get involved in this? Same same reason as always? Well, the reason in this case is that we're the ones who set up the Ukraine government. Uh, it's our our mm. it's our boys. Mm. And when uh, Victoria yeah. Newland was over there and they were and Brennan, the director of the CIA, oh, was actually Brennan. roaming I mean, around in Maidan. I mean, come on. And so the Russians were a little irked about this. What do the Let's Russians see. gain from this? It's the Nothing. port. It's, well, there is, isn't there a? No, they got, well, they still, they have the main port. They got right. Crimea. They, right. they, they, they've taken that over. They're fine with that because that's what they needed because they need to, they've got their boats there. The rest of it, they don't need the Ukraine. It's just to, maybe to protect a few Russians that live there or who knows. They have some uh, aircraft manufacturing there and some other things uh, that they, they kind of offshore a lot of their operations to Ukrainians who do a lot of, uh, a lot of the legwork for them. And, uh, Maybe they're we're worried they're going to lose that. I don't think so. Though. But but so so again, what what is the point? There is well, what is the point with the cyber attack that was all a big, a hubbubaloo about this whole issue last week about the massive yeah, I don't know. D- denial of service, shutting down they the Ukraine. They they're not going to give us any clues as to what's really going on. I think I made it clear last week that the president has nothing further on that. I, I said I was very clear that we, the president would have nothing further on that last week. So Friday through the weekend, plenty of tweets from media about the Russian-Ukraine situation, throwing in these tweets. You got to throw in the tweets because you got to be the race to be the first 
causing market instability. Who knows what's real, what's just maybe could be, I heard from, it's possible. But they put it in as it's authoritative because they are the news people. They heard from a friend that was over outside of uh, some area in Kiev that moved out three years ago. Now they're living in Italy, but they heard on the phone from their brother that has some relatives in a country just outside of, of Ukraine that maybe there's going to be something and it could happen immediately. There is no way that the Russians were going to attack anything this week because this is the, the Olympics are still going on. And it was says, well, so what? They, they don't give a shit. Yes, they do. That North Stream pipeline, if the, if the Russians did something, the first thing that would happen is that that thing would never go into play. It would be cut off forever. And then, so what's Russia going to do with the gas? They'd have to sell it to China. Well, China might be a little reluctant to buy it. If the Russians do something this week, yeah. which would step all over their closing ceremonies for the Olympics that they're so proud of, and they'd be upstaged. Yep, not not to take. They want to take the shine off of the China's deal here. They can't do it. They won't do it. It would be silly, and there's no reason. What is, it sounded as though there's a big rush to attack, but th- what's the rush? And I, I have a question for you. NPR, NPR. Do you think there's a lot of uh, a big newsroom in Ukraine on the ground for NPR? <laughs> I would hope not, but I mean, they probably get their feeds from the Voice of America or some of these other guys. Even if they get have... it from any other source, whether it's it, it's, well, it's the only AP. source, it would be this. It'd be the CIA or the MI6 or some intelligence group. They won't say who, because I watched the uh, Jake Sullivan presentation live, and they were playing it on CNBC with the stock market numbers right next to it. Yep. And he's yakking, 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 and the market's going down 50, then another 100, it's down 300, it's down 350, it's down 400. And by the time he was done, it was down 500. (laughs) Yeah, this is the same thing we saw Monday, more of the same, right? Troops are amassing, markets tanking, oil and safety trades. This is, I'm convinced this is market manipulation. Well, well, this is going to get right to where we always go. Let me just go through this for a second. It's going to go right to the bottom line. And we're going to talk about the same thing we always talk about for years, the same person behind all this. So now Monday afternoon, comment from Ukrainian President Zelensky, he, he, he puts on, on Facebook, he says that Russian attack could happen on Wednesday. And, and, and then he comes back and says, oh, that was our sarcasm. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Really? Drop Markets drop hard. This is exactly what happens when you elect a comedian to be president. That's right. We always forget he's a comedian. <laughs> In America, you can always find a party. In Russia, party always finds you. Putin is setting up the rationale to take on more territory. The U.S. will sanction him. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline will not move forward. If Russia goes further, the U.S. is going to go further with sanctions. Several different oligarchs, banks were all shut down. No ability to issue sovereign debt to the West. Um, he also said the U.S. had no intentions of fighting Russia, which I think markets were very happy to hear. Yeah, they've been saying that. I don't think we do have any intention. There's no reason. The, the thing about this North Stream, I was thinking about it, though. This doesn't hurt us. It does hurt Russia a little bit, but they can always redirect their uh, their gas to China. 
but it hurts the Germans mostly. Oh, terrible. And they're going to be freezing their butts off in you know rest of this month in March. And uh, I don't know if they we can you know they they may have to open that thing up. Well, they're going to have to alt- find an alternative. The the amount of well, There's the no re- alternative, really, because the, the idiots in Germany shut down all their n- nuclear power plants. And uh, now they got, you know, electricity sky high price wise, and they get, don't have this gas. Drill, baby, drill and drill now. <laughs> the world has decided we are going to test out our ability to break somebody for doing something that we don't want them doing without actually going and forcibly firing any bullets, projectiles, rockets, moving ships, et cetera. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Putin doesn't seem to be a guy who takes to the idea of somebody saying you can't do that. Well, the problem that I think people have is that Putin has the upper hand insofar as providing 40% of all of Europe's natural gas. How unbelievably stupid is that? At a minimum. Well, that's because the EU's decided to go green <laughs> and shut down as nukes and, and do this and do that and put on so windmills. So stupid. Why would anybody, on the invasion, wheat and corn that night, snap your finger, closed, They stopped trading because they were limit up. They were so hot because Ukraine happens to be a very substantial uh, farming country for wheat and corn and an exporter of wheat and corn. Major, major wheat producer. So, you know, this is a big problem. Natural gas moves substantially. Jumped 60% in one day. The natural gas in Europe is far more expensive than the natural gas in the U.S. Yeah. The Russian market's down 40% on the invasion. Now, we hiccup here with a 3% down day. The ruble obliterated under a penny. Yandex, one of the stocks, drops 50%, recovers, things get whacked when the major news brokerage news breaks that brokerages are stopping trading in many Russian stocks. So not only do you have governments that are saying, hey, Russia, we don't like what you're doing. Therefore, we are going to not buy your oil and not do this and not do that and close this down. And then if that doesn't work, we're going to do things like close off the swift banking process for you. Not only do we have that, but we also have companies that are saying, like Netflix, you know what? We're not going to broadcast this. Nothing for you. McDonald's closed 850 stores temporarily in Russia today. Oh, I thought they were going to permanently close them. When when did they become temporary? They said temporary. Today was temporary. Hmm. Then we have Shell. Shell stopped buying Russian crude on Tuesday and said it would phase out its involvement in Russian hydrocarbons for oil to natural gas over the Ukraine issue, becoming one of the first major Western oil companies to abandon Russia. Now, remember a couple of days ago, they bought a butt-ton of very cheap fuel from Russia. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, oh, last minute. what are you doing? Right? Yeah. 
Now they're going to hold their breath, see how long they, you know, it can be a virtue signal their way until the next, until they need another butt ton, ton of fuel. Right, 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 right. A funny term. Yeah, they, they, they apologized on Tuesday for buying Russian oil last week after it said it would. Oh, did they send up. it back? I, I'm thinking not. And nor do I think that they, if they don't send it back, will they utilize the profits to send to Ukraine? And one way to fight evil with good is you can help by writing letters to boys and girls your age. So I have, a, I have a question for you. With all that's going on with the wheat and the corn, are we going to have problems with with food? Or is Europe going to have problems with or somewhere have problems with food? One thing. Well, Russia's not short of anything. They got the, the gag, they've got the fertilizer and they've got the wheat. Right, and they, do, they, they do. I'm talking about the rest well, of Europe. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's just going to, I think the prices will just be jacked. Maybe it'll set off a re- some sort of a European recession by, while we, as usual, coast through it. <laughs> yeah. Europe always seems to be in the worst place. That is not. Well, sick. they never follow our lead. I think we're a bunch of jerks. And I mean, I think the best example is that was they're laughing and pointing the finger at us during the housing crisis of 2007 through nine until they looked in their own portfolios and saw that we've already suckered them into buying all these, these bad vehicles. Mm-hmm. And then they realized then they were screwed and they've been screwed ever since. Yeah. Well, what are you then? I'm French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? Russian, as I mentioned, is defaulting. They, uh, they defaulted on the foreign debt because it offered bondholders payments in rubles, not in dollars. And that's a big problem. So, this is, this is an issue now. According to S&P, a selected default is declared when any entity has defaulted on a specific obligation, but not its entire debt. So you have like an in-between, maybe I think it's defaulted. We're not buying it, but you're not paying it back because if you do in rubles, you, why bother paying it back if you're defaulting anyway? <laughs> if, if, if I told you, hey, listen, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna declare you bankrupt and 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 uh, mark you as a bad payer and because you haven't paid me at this point uh, and if you pay me back I'm not gonna take off that mark. What's the point? Don't pay. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly right. Stupid people. Very stupid. What'd you say? Your money. I am still up uh, twenty grand from this last time. I stick it in you. Then Russia did default on its international bonds for the first time in more yeah, than a century. It's a phony default. I mean, it's not as though they can't pay. They won't right. let them pay. Correct. That is correct. So the Kremlin, which has the money to make the payments, thanks to its, of course, its, its, its continuation of high-priced oil and gas. Do you know that Russia is still paying royalties to Ukraine for as a transit country? For the pipeline? Oil and gas. To get the to get the oil and gas through the country to the various outlets through Europe, yeah, huh. and they're still paying royalties to the Ukrainians. They're it, giving them money. It's so <laughs> ridiculous this whole thing, isn't it? So all the sanctions and all the harsh and these these horrible uh, the grip that we have as a world as, as as everybody on Russia and shutting them down and taking their country down. Meanwhile, the Russian ruble, which should be affected, right? 
hit 52.3 to the dollar last Wednesday, an increase of about 1.3% from the previous day, the highest and strongest level of the of the ruble since May of 2015. You know, remember when this thing first collapsed and I said, this is the time to invest in the ruble? Yep, you did. I nailed it. Uh, so, you know, with all that craziness happening, we have the big yuck fest this week with the G7 meetup. You know, another big smiling Joe, a lot of back slapping going on. You, want, you wonder why there's no confidence in markets right now? Just look at these freaking leaders. They're awful. Well, that's that's a fact. I mean, they're just a- absolutely terrible. And some of them were, you know, of course, the we have the combination plan of 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 left and right across the board, right? Of that various people, but they're all just it, it's so clear that politics has taken on such a different meaning in every aspect of the world, and it has has seeped into the financial markets in a way that there's, they're they're out of touch. That's what it is. They're out of touch. And one way to fight evil with good is you can help by writing letters to boys and girls your age. But what's interesting is Saudi Arabia and OPEC have been talking. They were really upset last week. We talked about this, you and I, I think. And if we haven't, um, last week the discussion was that, hey, you know, oil prices have come down too much. We need to put a floor on that, and we may look to cut production because we want to make sure oil prices stay higher. And then just this week, Saudi Arabia said they could slash October prices for much, much, uh, most crude oil it sells to Asia after plunging spot premiums on tepid fuel demand, increasing arbitrage cargoes, put pressure on them. So last week they say, hey, we want prices higher. But, you know, I guess if you're, uh, if you're Asia, you can have it cheaper. Well, I know India has been getting it cheaper from Russia. Right. But we don't sanction India. That's okay. No, no, we can't. Hmm. China gets uh, oil from Russia, don't they? Yeah. Hmm. Can't hmm. sanction them either. Right. Yeah, I don't understand. Now, um, well, you would shoot yourself in the foot is the reason. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 there is such a screw fest going on right now. And, I think that all of these areas are absolutely without a uh, strategy. <laughs> That's all I can say. They have no strategy. For or, or maybe they do have a strategy, but there's no way that they can get themselves out of this mess. No, I think, you know, I think you're right the first time. There's no strategy. But so the idea is you try something, analyze the results, then try something else. Trial and, a trial and error of all of our finances. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, it's just as good as planning. I mean, so we only have one experience, right, to, to generalize from. But what I learned from that experience was long, relatively slow, not super fast uh, expansion. Okay, what's going on with this uh, unexplained leak in two Russian gas pipes running under the Baltic Sea near Sweden and Denmark? What is going on? Well, there's different reports, but the report that I think is questionable is that the Russians sabotaged it. And you think that's questionable? <laughs> yeah, because I don't think they're Russian. Why are they sabotaging their own, which is pretty much their own property or their something they need if they're going to. I, I just don't see it. I, I have no idea. Something's amiss. 
I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I just don't believe the Russians would do it. It doesn't make sense. Well, would Europeans do it? Why would they do it if they're going to have to probably shut this down and create another crisis? I think maybe the Americans did it. Why are we doing it? We're trying to sell gas to that market. Oh, oh, really? Oh, that's terrible. It's possible. The, the, the likelihood of two, two leaks? No, the, 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 it was not an accident. Not an accident. And how do you create leaks in an active pipeline without blowing the whole damn thing up? I don't know that part. I think they put a bomb on the outside and maybe just poked a hole in it. I have no idea. That that has not been explained. Well, as they say in showbiz, that's a wrap. We talk about Russia. Who knows how much longer this is going on, this conflict, this cleansing, this war, this this incident. Um, but I can tell you I'll be happy when it's, when it's all over. Well, John. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. These oh, clip shows are pretty decent. They are. And Ryan does a great job. I, I talk with him throughout the year and he really spends a lot of time. Remember something. Can I, I just want to make it very clear to everybody. He has to listen to every show and every part. Wow. What a trooper. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. But seriously, to pick up all this and he segregates and then puts it together and, and puts it. It's really, it's, it's a fascinating process. A yeah. year's worth of work. Tough. So thank you again to Ryan. Right. All right. Well, listen, we'll, uh, we'll talk again and uh, the next show will be live. That's on the, what, the 10th. Of uh, of January, we'll be back at 9 p.m. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks you, everybody. John, have a happy New Year, and I'll see you again around the corner. All right, see ya. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye bye. Now I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack, because I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.